Hello, and <laughs> you do it. I quit. You did <laughs> Welcome back to a podcast. It's called Puff Puff Pass the Popcorn. That one is Kate. Hi, I'm Kate. This one's Rachel. Hi. I'm Rachel. Hey, how's it going? Hey, this is the up? worst. This is the worst. Everything sucks, which is the theme of the movie this week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't take anything seriously. I'm just laughing for 20 minutes. I can't come in on a serious note. <laughs> the last time we recorded... I came in and I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm so fucking tired. Like, I think my eyes were closed most of the last time we recorded. And this time we just got a little, we're just in a little silly, goofy mood. <laughs> I literally drove home in the middle of a lightning storm and also a hail storm. So the chaotic well, energy is for real. It's for real. Yeah. I don't really know what to talk about other than this fucking movie. Because this movie has been, like, I'm having dreams about this movie. That's Good. how Caitlin and I, we watched this one together, which was special. Because we just sat on the couch special. and didn't talk the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which like you usually, do when you watch a movie. Well, usually I'm, like, talking and asking questions. But I realized really soon that you were going to answer nothing. So I was like, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> So we watched it once together, didn't say a single word to each other, and mm -hmm. then I watched it again to take notes. And this movie is about two and a half hours. With me pausing it to take notes, it took me eight hours <laughs> to watch it. That's so and long. Take notes. And honestly, I think that's why. I mean, like, I know I want. I saw this movie in theaters. By the way, this movie, hello, this week is um, going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. And yeah, I saw it in the theaters. It was amazing. I cried. So when suggesting it for this podcast, um, I wanted more so to see Rachel's reaction to the movie than actually like sit down and take notes. And then just time got away from me uh, in the time blindness way that it does. So I did not get the opportunity to like get fully elevated and like take some good notes. So I think a lot of today is just going to be your eight hour day of notes that you had and just all my thoughts, feelings, reactions to it. Honestly, it's such a good movie. It's I think it's up there in one of my top tens now at this point. It's That's, a good one. It's pretty fucking good. When we first when Caitlin and I first watched it together, I had never seen it because I had a massive chip on my shoulder about a multiverse type movie coming out around the same time as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I was like, okay, fucking copycats, which... Hey, it's what's hot. And apparently it's not copycats because the Russo brothers, which they're balls deep in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they were producers for this movie. So... I had a chip on my shoulder about this movie when it first came out, and I didn't know what it was about. I'm not really a sci-fi person, so I didn't know if I was going to like it. But 
when Caitlin and I watched it, I was like, what in the motherfuck did I just watch? Like, it was almost too overwhelming when we first watched it, but I knew it was a good movie. I knew I was watching, like, groundbreaking cinema when we watched it in my living room, <laughs> which is pathetic because I should have seen it in theaters. And then when I rewatched it and I was taking all the notes and... I feel like the last movie we did for Malignant, like, the rewatch value on that's low. Like, if you, you get it once, you, you palette it, and then you kind of just move on with your life from there and you just, you know, can think back on it. But with everything everywhere all at once, um, it has such a high rewatch value that... This grandma here tried to like go into a Walmart today to buy the DVD. They didn't have it because that's not how streaming works these days. So, um, yeah, no, definitely one to own for sure. In whichever platform or way that you're able to do that, the rewatch value on it's great. There is so much in all of just like the different scenes and cuts and shots that they have that is visually stimulating and like visually overwhelming. It's easy to get lost in it and it's easy to kind of get sucked up into, you know, their world. And it's, it's awesome. It's so good. You could see something new every time you watch it 10 times in a row. So I'm definitely going back for more. I wanted to before we were recording this, but now here we are. And I'm just, I could talk about it forever. I could talk about it for eight hours probably. This is the kind of movie where if a couple years down the line, a movie theater was showing like, you know, they were replaying certain movies. If they showed this one again in like five years, I would fucking go see it like three times <laughs> in the theater. Oh, because for I, sure. For sure. I went like, and saw Titanic and Beetlejuice in theaters like within the last five years. And even that shit was dope. And those are like, those are nothing compared to this movie. So yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. Even the title doesn't make any fucking sense until you watch the movie. It is an action slash sci-fi adventure movie. And it's also described as an absurdist drama comedy, which is mm -hmm. accurate. Oh, and yeah. it is starring Michelle Yeoh, Kehui Kwan, Stephanie Hsu, Jamie Lee Curtis, and James Hong and many other recognizable faces, names, and Hollywood peeps. The description says this movie is about an interdimensional rupture, unraveling reality, and an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. And this movie, which I am just going to call Everything, <laughs> from here on out because the title is long and it makes me out of breath so everything was written and directed by uh, daniel kwan and daniel scheinert also known as the daniels which i just think is cute that's nice awesome. it's nice um and the daniels actually started out directing music videos do you have a guess for what one of their more popular music videos they directed is this you're is not. america no you're not gonna guess there's no oh. way okay turn down for what by little john and dj snake that's yeah so they directed that and then somehow directed one of the most successful movies of all time like 10 years later so the daniels are killing it <laughs> 
Um, they also did Swiss Army Man, Caitlin, which I know you yes. have a mm -hmm. massive boner for. I also cried during that movie, too. Yeah. Yeah, you cried, like, next to me on the couch watching everything. Yeah, <laughs> so. no. It, I was trying to hide a full sob. I was trying to suck a full sob back into my face, but... You were trying to stop yourself from letting it <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> So like I said before, this is produced by um, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo and also Jonathan Wang. Like I said, Russo brothers, balls deep in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe as directors. And they've done two of the most successful Marvel movies of all time being um, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Mm. So really it's no surprise that everything did so well. With they just go straight for perfection Yeah, and hit it like, every time. They were like, you want a blockbuster hit? You bet your sweet ass. I'll give you a blockbuster hit. <laughs> and I kind of enjoyed this movie more when I found out that the Russo brothers were involved. Because when Caitlin and I watched it, I thought, like, oh my god, this makes the Marvel multiverse make so much sense. Like, it answers so many just broad questions I had about, like, how a multiverse can function. And, like, the Russo brothers just, like, tied it all together really well. So... I really like that part of it and it made me like this movie even more and be upset that it wasn't a Marvel movie. <laughs> I want it to be a Marvel movie. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that Michelle Yeoh is a, a Marvel superhero, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Everything, everywhere, all at once. We had everything bagel sandwiches. <laughs> They were pretty fucking good, in my opinion. The, the doom of the movie is an everything bagel slash a black hole. How do you not? Yeah. And Caitlin came over. I was trying to have a little hostess moment. So I had some different, you know, egg sandwich options because you came over in the morning. If you would have come over later in the day, I probably would have done like homemade like everything pretzel bites no not fucking hot dogs <laughs> don't even no this is not a glizzy podcast <laughs> don't talk to me about hot dogs i probably would have done some sort of like homemade pretzel bite with like everything seasoning on it and some different like mm. dips and such but you came over in the morning so mm -hmm. i knew we were going for a breakfast vibe yours was plain in my opinion <laughs> first but... of all <laughs> Don't come at me like that, because if you're going to put arugula on a sandwich... I didn't put a, arugula on the sandwich. I just made it available in case you wanted it. <laughs> uh, fun fact, I'm never going to want arugula. <laughs> Listen, you're trying to get your leafy greens. It's important. <laughs> I mean, if but, it's spinach, like, let's talk, but... That's grosser. That's grosser than no, arugula. No, it's way better. On mine, I had an everything bagel, and always always get whipped cream cheese if you're spreading it on a bagel mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is 2023 treat yourself treat yourself to the whipped cream cheese it's not more expensive i've done the math <laughs> it's the same the amount math. of cream cheese it's just easier <laughs> so everything bagels whipped cream cheese an egg which i tried to cook to your liking but i fucked it up because i used the wrong pan um, we had bacon, we had avocado, we, I had banana peppers on mine. I'm on a banana pepper kick right now. <laughs> Don't even get me started about that. And of course, had to have everything bagel seasoning on top of all of it. 
on top of all the goods. Yeah, how can you not? Who doesn't love a good bagel Sam when you're in the hustle and bustle and go of your day? You know what else I love is that we started this podcast wanting to do a, a cannabis and a snack component. And you can't cook. <laughs> At least that's what you said in the first no. episode. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I can't cook. I tried... I tried to fry an egg for Kaylin and it went south. It was bad. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> yeah. So because I came over for bagels and I had to work later in the day, I did not get too litty while we had the chance to watch this movie together. So you're not going to get too many like uh, cannabis infused high notes on this one, but I still feel very passionately about this movie. So you're going to get all, every single random thought that comes up in this uh, ADD brain just spitting and reacting here to all eight pages of your notes you took when you got your second run through. So I love how complex this movie is because not only does it handle like a multiverse and dealing with like different universes and jumping back and forth between them, but it also has this other element of like, you know, the emotional toil and like the nihilism of fucking living in today's world. And then on top of that, um, throw in a, you know, multi-generational immigrant family trying to, trying to make it, trying to overcome obstacles, trying to find your place in the world and see how your parents react to your queerness and that type of stuff oh it's just so heavy in so many different ways and it's so beautiful should we talk about this movie um i think that's the point this movie starts out on a real nice slow burn there's some really cool like round mirror shots in the opening and at first, you think that you're watching, like, a reflection of what's happening in that room in the mirror, but it turns out it's, like, a portal, basically, and all of a sudden you go into the round mirror, and we are watching our main character, Evelyn, in their very crowded apartment, settling in to kind of work on some bills and paperwork at their kitchen table, and we are introduced to Evelyn's husband, Waymond, and he's asking her to talk about something really important, some papers that he's holding. They are obviously super busy getting ready for some kind of celebration later. Like Evelyn says that the tablecloths need to be steamed, the water stain on the ceiling has to be painted. They also have some appointment that's coming up later today. And Evelyn is just kind of like not really listening or paying attention to anything because she's just bouncing in between all of these thoughts in her head about like breakfast and the paint, the tablecloths, the party, the appointment. So you can tell she really wants everything to be perfect for the party later, largely because she wants her father to be able to see kind of the success of their business, which is a laundromat. Um, Wayman asks one more time if they can talk later and she totally ignores him and we see that the paperwork in his hands that he's trying to talk about is for a divorce. Uh, like I said, their laundromat business is, um, it's just right downstairs from their apartment. So Evelyn and Waymond are heading down there and we meet their daughter, Joy. She's really spacing out, just staring into a washer as it circles around 
and her partner Becky starts kissing her and they're being like cute and lovey. So Joy snaps out of it and she's helping Becky look like a quote unquote hot Mormon <laughs> by rolling her <laughs> sleeves down over her tattoos. One theme that we need to pay attention to in this movie is anything that's a circle, <laughs> anything circular. Mm -hmm. We've already got the round mirror and the circle washer, like in the first 30 seconds of the movie. Yeah. And again, just this movie is so visually stimulating. Like when she's sitting down to her piles of bills, like it's literally like, you know, what looks like 50 stacks of crumpled up receipts high type of thing. And it really paints a nice picture of chaos and with her being so busy with everything coming up she's like trying to remember to ask uh women to um like paint the ceiling over the stain like the correct color because there's two different colors of paint and she's also trying to like you know be in charge of and control everything around her household you know all of the domestic work and the t the honeydew list of things that it takes to run a home run a business that is so often overlooked and um just brings up all that emotional labor so like you can tell she's going through it so yeah when evelyn comes down and she sees becky she doesn't even really say hi she just says i only made enough food for three people and immediately we're like oof evelyn's one of those moms um, and i'm sorry but did you watch the movie um crazy rich asians no i didn't but I know it's referenced in this movie and lots of people really liked it and I should watch it. Why? I actually got a chance to squeeze that in and watch that instead of watching this movie again a second time. <laughs> and I'm glad I did because she she played a like really uptight um, mom like that who's like very involved in like who my son gets to date type of thing and are you good enough for him and um, all that type of stuff. And that, that's funny that Michelle Yeoh played in that role because she said about this movie, you know, in interviews, people are always asking, what did you have to do to prepare for this role? And she just said her 40 years of life experience have just been like one long rehearsal <laughs> for this movie. So it, I hope that she's not being typecast in into that role, but it makes sense that she's able to play it so well if that's been her experiences as an Asian American woman. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So Joy is supposed to go with Waymond and Evelyn to this appointment, which is to see someone named Deirdre, apparently. And Joy is supposed to help translate while Becky is going to watch uh, Evelyn's dad, whose name is Gong Gong, or that might be like a... That's probably like a nickname for grandpa in Mandarin. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Evelyn tells Joy that Joy doesn't need to come to their appointment and that they'll just take Gong Gong with them to go meet with this Deirdre person. And Wayman finally asks Evelyn if her dad knows that they're being audited, which is what their appointment is for. It definitely seems like he does not based off of Evelyn's reaction. So it's going to get a little spicy when they meet with Miss Deirdre. <laughs> Evelyn goes back downstairs to help a customer as Joy follows, really trying to talk with her mom. But Evelyn's just go, go, go. She doesn't have time. Evelyn starts ranting about how she likes Becky and she's okay with her daughter having a white girlfriend, even though Joy points out that Becky is half Mexican as she's kind of tending to the laundromat. And she keeps having to take googly eyes <laughs> off of everything like the washing machine <laughs> and um a customer's laundry that she has to pick up which that customer is jenny slate 
who we love. Uh, love Jenny Slate. Love Jenny Slate. My brain was really overloaded in I this know. scene. It was just a lot going on. I can only imagine how Evelyn's brain or someone in Evelyn's position, how overloaded their brain is just with this being the everyday. It's too much. Welcome to uh, ADD and other attention disorders. You know what's funny about that? In an early version of this story of kind of the concept for everything everywhere, Evelyn was going to have ADHD, which was going to be the reason she could tap into other universes. Oh so, my God, we're superheroes. No wonder I yeah. love this so much. Yeah, it was going to be a neuro spicy movie. But I think one of the directors didn't want to like offend anyone. So Joy just outright asks her mom if Becky can come to whatever party it is they're having tonight. And Trying, Evelyn, Evelyn just tells her to stop changing the subject because she's trying to rant about the audit that's coming up in their auditor. And Joy is obviously upset that her mom isn't really willing to take the time to talk with her. And Joy ends up just kind of zoning out as her mom is ranting about the audit. And while all of this is happening, the conversation between those two, the cameras start zooming in on their security camera footage. And Waymond is like randomly doing some parkour type shit over the tables and like doing like little flips. And I don't know, he's just being fucking weird. But oh, yeah. of course, when Evelyn turns her attention back to the camera, he's just being regular old Waymond messing around with the customer, Rick. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're dancing or something. Yeah, they were dancing. It was pretty funny. And when I first saw this, because this is our first introduction to Waymond, I was like, God, this guy's a fucking nutcase. Like, what is Waymond's <laughs> deal? Evelyn's losing her shit and Waymond is just la-di-da-di-da. -da. But, of course, we come to learn that that's the best thing about Waymond, <laughs> is that he dances with customers and... He puts googly eyes on things, which is a spoiler alert, but this whole podcast is spoiler alerts. Yeah. And just the amount of googly eyes that they have in the background of everything, even including like on the laundry bags in their apartment, the, they have googly eyes on a baseball bat and on a laundry machine and on, and on everything. It's so good. It's so funny. <laughs> so Evelyn's father, Gong Gong, comes downstairs looking for breakfast he's like where the fuck is my food bitches mm -hmm. and joy is kind of struggling through her mandarin and she accidentally asks him how is your airplane <laughs> and she tries introducing becky but she can't remember the the translation for girlfriend and evelyn just cuts in and says that becky is joy's very good friend which fucked up but we know that gong gong is old and probably has some different beliefs than we do, but not cool, Evelyn, not cool. Yeah, it's apparent that she's really trying to take a moment to introduce her and be like, this is my girlfriend, and at the same time, hello, I am like a lesbian or bi or what have you, but she can't find the word, and her mom cuts in front of her and just kind of like squashes all that as to say, you know, like, he doesn't need to know, and I don't even know if I accept it at this point. Yeah, Joy was trying to have a moment, and you could tell it was difficult for her, not mm -hmm. just because of the translation piece of it, but because, you know, she's looking at someone who she probably really respects, and mm -hmm. especially in their culture, like, this is 
one of her elders, like this is someone you're supposed to show respect to. So it's already probably intimidating to talk to him. And it seems like she hasn't seen him for a long time. So there's that added piece as well. And then there's the language thing. And then there's also, hey, I also date girls. <laughs> so it yeah, was a lot of pieces all at once. It kind of just raises the stakes for for her for with everything that she's doing and what she has going on for herself yeah it's multi-layered kind of like the multiverse <laughs> anyway joy and evelyn kind of end up storming out and evelyn's trying to tell joy to wait and she says that she has something to say to joy and you think it's gonna be kind of a sweet mother daughter moment but evelyn just hesitates and ends up saying you need to eat healthier. You're getting fat. <laughs> Joy is like, what the fuck? And just gets in the car and leaves and she starts crying. So yeah, the relationships, thing. yeah, it's a little rocky. You can tell it's stressed. And this is finally when we get our title card that says um, part one, everything. <laughs> and I had, when Caitlin, when you and I were watching this, I was like, was what just happened everything or is everything coming next? And everything is coming next. Everything came next. Mm -hmm. Everything is coming up. Evelyn Waymond and Gong Gong are headed into the IRS building. And Evelyn just bold-faced lies to Gong Gong about why they're there. <laughs> Straight saying, up to his face. Right in his face. <laughs> she says that they're there to apply for another business license since the laundromat is so busy. But Gong Gong is even not happy with this. He just no. seems disappointed that his daughter owns one laundromat, let alone two. Of course, that's not why they're at the IRS building. They're being audited, and they are meeting with Deirdre, the wonderful Jamie Lee Curtis. And Caitlin, I know you have some thoughts about Jamie Lee Curtis's character. I do. I love her. She's every woman who's ever worked a desk job at any um, government or high-up run building <laughs> um who gets to decorate their own cubicle in whatever way that they want to i mean complete with wrist brace she's just doing her best paper pushing desk of life but she's passionate about the papers that she is pushing like she takes no shit <laughs> oh man i mean as a paper pusher myself let me tell you <laughs> you're a weed pusher don't even lie don't even um lie. i can do both i can do both i am <laughs> multifaceted i am everything everywhere all at once <laughs> at one point she even looks at all of her paperwork and receipts that they have just transferred from the dining room table into deidre's um office desk and she's like these tell a story to me and it's like that's what she's looking for she's trying to look through all the receipts see what's happening what's going on and all that shit but we need to talk more about what happens in the elevator on their way up to that desk before they fully get there. Yeah. So we're getting ahead that, of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves, which I don't know how we're getting ahead of the elevator ride up because it's the premise of the whole fucking movie. <laughs> so on the elevator, on the way up, one random thing that was sweet. Waymond tried to ask Evelyn if she wanted to go on a trip when all of this is over. And the funny thing is, she said, if I have to think of one more thing today, my head is going to explode. But she goes on to learn about an infinite multiverse, and her head is just fine. So I she mean, should revisit that trip with Wayman. <laughs> she just didn't want to talk to him at that moment in time. She, yeah. she was under too much personal stress to, to th try and think about another thing. 
Yeah. That seems probably frivolous to her. Well, turns out them going on a trip is across the fucking multiverse. <laughs> so, uh, as they are on what I think is the world's longest elevator ride, Wayman's body does this weird little jolt and he takes his glasses off and he gets out an umbrella to block the security camera. And I don't know if you noticed this, but there were donuts on the umbrella. Super cute. circles. Evelyn is obviously like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, not Waymond <laughs> tells her that she's in grave danger. And he gets out these two Bluetooth looking earpieces. And she's trying to wave him off as he's telling her what to do, which is when the elevator stops. He says she can either go to their audit appointment or into the janitor's closet. The earpieces are kind of scanning her face and Wayman hands her a phone that shows a scan of her brain and the phone said alternate life path scanning. She's like, ugh, why do you download so many apps on my phone? (laughs) (laughs) And not Wayman is writing something down on a piece of paper for her and he's telling her to breathe and says you're going to feel some slight pressure in your head and all of a sudden a portal door opens and shows kind of major moments throughout her entire life starting with birth which i don't know if you noticed but they said i'm sorry it's a girl yeah basically the themes that have defined her entire life are just feeling incredibly overpromised and also incredibly underwhelmed when she left china with wayman to come to the states her father basically disowned her And they didn't really speak until he needed to be taken care of in his older age. And Waymond has always been optimistic about their business and their home. But as we're looking back on her life through these quick flashes and moments, she just looks absolutely fucking miserable. Except for when Joy was young, like when she was pregnant Mm -hmm. and Joy was a baby and a little kid. But then boom, back to fucking miserable because Joy is a rebellious, like, first generation emo teenager which i thought was kind of funny that we can definitely relate yeah that scene was so short but it was so beautiful like and you could even tell that she was kind of shocked and starry-eyed at seeing her life laid out in front of her like that Mm -hmm. in in the elevator yeah in an elevator which the portal that opened looked like the elevator doors which was cool so mm. portal closes and not Wayman tells her to follow the directions that he wrote down once she is sitting in the meeting. And he tells her that no one can know. Don't even talk to him about it because he won't remember. Takes the umbrella back, puts his glasses on, <laughs> body jolts again. And regular Wayman is back. Evelyn is looking around like, what the fuck just happened? And it looks like me? he kind of put like a little like Bluetooth type of situation earpiece on her as well. Yeah. Yep, two two of the little Bluetooth earpiece things. Yeah, because one Bluetooth is not enough. Gotta have two, yep. <laughs> Makes you more important. <laughs> so they get off the elevator, and she does look at the janitor closet, thinking about it for a second, but she goes to the meeting with Deirdre, and once she's sitting down in this meeting with our sweet baby angel, Jamie Lee Curtis, she does look at the note because you can tell she's fucking sick of that meeting, which I can't blame her. The note tells her to switch her shoes to the opposite feet, close her eyes, and imagine she's in the janitor closet, and hold that thought as she presses the green button, all while breathing. Breathing is important. It's like a Lamaze class. 
Just breathe through. <laughs> breathe through the birth of the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> so as Deirdre, like you said, is going through, telling them that she can tell like their whole life story based off of mm -hmm. their tax receipts and shit. She really dramatically circles something multiple times. Again, circles something <laughs> on one of the Wang's receipts and <laughs> just asks them to explain why the fuck would they need a karaoke machine for their laundromat? <laughs> My wife is a singing coach. Yeah. And Deirdre says that based off what they're trying to deduct, she must also be a novelist, a chef, a teacher, a Watsu technician. She, what is Watsu? <laughs> water massage. It's water <laughs> massage. So good. Evelyn is just zoning the fuck out. Again, don't blame her. So she decides to switch her shoes. She envisions the janitor's closet and the earpieces turn green. So she pushes that motherfucking green button and boom, bye queen. She is yeeted into the janitor closet and it kind of looks like we're looking at her through broken glass. We see mm -hmm. both the Evelyn being audited and the Evelyn that's in the janitor closet. Both of them just looking so shook. Not Waymond is also in the janitor closet and he tells her to relax her body in the other universe and go into autopilot, which she manages to do fucking somehow. Not Waymond explains that no one really knows that they're in that universe yet and that he is a different version of her husband from a different life path or another universe. And he tells Evelyn that they need her help because there's this great evil that has taken over his world and is basically like a chaos agent spreading chaos across multiple universes. And their name is? Their name, which we have not been introduced to yet, but their name is Jobu Tupaki. <laughs> so Not Waymond says that he has spent years looking for someone who can match the evil of Jobu Tupaki with an even greater good. And he believes that the person to bring back balance to the multiverse is Evelyn, our Evelyn. And there's a lot of Evelyn being snapped back and forth because really her mind is in two different places at once, as is her body. Mm -hmm. So she snapped back to the audit conversation as Deirdre lectures her about how there is nothing more important than the conversation we are having about your tax liability. You know, She's like, I don't even care. Uh Nothing more important than, like, the fate of the entire multiverse. But yes, Deirdre, let's talk about taxes. About the fate of the tax. Let's related talk to about my, you know, $50 karaoke machine. That is much more important. I'm sorry I claimed it as a business expense. Let me go. It's like a... Tax oh the God. rich. It's like Shit's Creek. Just write it off. It's Just a write-off. Write it's a write-off. So Deirdre takes this opportunity to brag about her Auditor of the Month awards, which look exactly like butt plugs. Oh, they do. Don't worry. That does come back. I don't know what else they're supposed to be other than butt plugs, which, spoiler alert, that's what they're supposed to be. <laughs> so she's got like three or four of them on her desk, and she's very She's got proud. a little collection. She's really good at her job of harassing immigrants. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
small business owning immigrants fucked Uh up. So basically Deirdre tells them that they're in deep shit. Even if they don't get charged for fraud for all of their little honest mistakes, they will definitely be fine for gross negligence. And Evelyn hears not Waymond whispering to her from a circle mirror, a circle mirror in Deirdre's cubicle. And she's immediately back in the janitor closet But she's trying to tell him, like, I don't have time for this unless you can help me with your taxes. Also, what does gross necklaces mean? (laughs) (laughs) Which is sweet. And it's kind of, you know, it's a little funny, like, situational comedy. But it's also sad because that's if I feel like that's (laughs) a reality for a lot of people who have English as a second language. Um, where like yeah. you just don't understand like the difference and the the whole thing that they do with Rakakuni too. Oh, I can't wait to get into it. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And the messed up part is when Evelyn tells Deirdre that like you're always trying to use these big words to confuse us. Instead mm-hmm. of changing her language and picking a different term for gross negligence, she just very slowly says, I thought you were bringing your daughter to translate. No, nope, that's not what we do with people who so de- so are degrading. English. It's so, so fucked degrading. up. God, <laughs> I work with students who are English language learners, and if I say something they don't understand, I find the different fucking words to explain it, and that's on me. <laughs> So not Waymond tells her that nothing is more important than the conversation that they are having about the fate of every single world in the infinite multiverse. Yeah. And honestly, like, as as somebody with ADD, like, everything is the most important thing all the time. It doesn't matter what's happening. Everything seems like the most important, even when it's not. Whatever has clawed its way to the forefront of your brain is the most important thing. Yeah, and who knows what that's going to be. So Not Wayman tells Evelyn that, you know, he knows her and he knows that she is afraid that with every passing moment, she's worried that she's missed her chance to make something of her life. And he tells her that every rejection and disappointment in her life has led her to this moment. And this seems to finally get her attention But this is right as something starts to pound on the door of the janitor's closet. And not Wayman says, whatever it is, is going to kill them. Like, fuck, (laughs) these are getting real now. But he also says not to worry because the universe they are in is a burner universe. (laughs) And I think that's important for the future of this movie. Oh, yeah. So a pair of hands, yeet, punches through the janitor closet door. And right as not Waymond is telling her that she'll know when to fight, trust no one, the hands, boom, snap his neck, and he dies. Then not Deirdre bursts through the door, and she's looking evil and terrifying as fuck with a huge black circle on her forehead. Not Deirdre rips a pipe off the wall and hits Evelyn with it. Boom. Evelyn screams, and suddenly she's screaming in the middle of the audit. So Evelyn obviously is terrified of Deirdre, but Deirdre's like, I'm just trying to do your taxes. <laughs> so Deirdre tells them they can leave. And as long as they come back before 6 p.m. to bring her what she needs for the audit, then hopefully they won't be like charged with tax fraud. As they're leaving, Wayman says he knows why Evelyn is acting so strange. And the handwritten directions from not Wayman 
were on the back of the divorce papers. So Wayman thinks that Evelyn knows he wants a divorce, but she misunderstood this whole thing and thought like he was just messing with her the whole time. And like that he screwed up the audit and Deirdre's walking towards the both of them looking super fucking terrifying. And Evelyn says, I'm not ready to fight. But Wayman says they don't have a choice. So Evelyn fucking pops off and punches Deirdre in the face, which was not the right move. <laughs> the IRS people call security immediately. And Evelyn says that Wayman told her to do it, but he meant fight for their marriage. <laughs> Ah, tomato potato. You're living in two different worlds, baby. Shit's gonna happen. Yeah, it's like it's like a sitcom. Just a what a classic, hilarious little mix-up. <laughs> Except <laughs> she punched a white lady in the face. She did. The, she did. IRS office, Fate of her so. business is in a white lady's hands. Yeah. So as they're arguing about all of this. Wayman puts his head down and not Wayman is back all of a sudden, right as security is coming off the elevator. Wayman takes the earpieces off of Evelyn and puts them on himself. He then, for some fucking reason, takes a chapstick out of his fanny pack and like rolls it all the way up and eats it, like chews it and squ <laughs> squashes, squishes it in between his teeth. Uh, and then presses the earpiece button. And then he takes the fanny pack off and he starts wrecking fucking house with this fanny pack. Kung Fu <laughs> fanny pack. It was so much. It's so good. It's And you can tell the security who are standing in front of him are just like, what the fuck is this dude doing? Once Waymond is done just absolutely wrecking house, he tells Evelyn that she can either come with him and live up to her potential, or she can lie there and live with the consequences. And she immediately <laughs> says, I want to lie here. <laughs> we so all do. <laughs> Same girl, like, take a moment to relax. Of course he doesn't let her. He just picks her up and they take off. So back in the other universe, which... Somehow we learn that it is the uh, 4,655th Thetaverse. I'm sure it was on that app. Never comes back again, but that is the burner universe, is the Thetaverse. Evelyn is lying in the janitor closet in the Thetaverse, just pa pass the fuck out after being hit with that pipe. As not Deirdre and two other people with black circles on their... Heads are telling people in the office that they are about to be graced by the presence of our leader. <laughs> it reminded me of the green aliens <laughs> from Toy Story. <laughs> Jobu Tupaki. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. We are the chosen ones. <laughs> Not Deirdre says that Jobu has seen all and knows all. And Jobu is playing Duck Duck Goose with people until touching Evelyn's forehead and says this one. But the touch from Jobu sends Evelyn through a bunch of universes all at once, and she passes the fuck out, to which Jobu says, it's not her, but they might be close. It's obvious that Jobu and her weird head circle army are looking for someone. Jobu kind of clicks her head to the side, and she passes through a few uni universes, and lands on Joy's body where her and Becky are watching the news about the IRS building. And Becky points out like, hey, that's where your parents are. And Joy slash kind of possessed by Jobu gets up to leave. 
Meanwhile, back in the Thetaverse. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Theta IRS building. <laughs> so Not Waymond is describing how he is different from Evelyn's husband in this universe and basically how every tiny decision can lead to major differences over a lifetime and create like other branching universes. And as someone with anxiety, don't fucking tell me this. I can't be thinking about this every <laughs> single day of my life about how every single decision adds up <laughs> over time. Don't tell me that. I don't know. For me, it's comforting in the sense that if you think a single decision can change the course of your life so drastically and it kind of, you know, makes you feel really small, I guess, in the sense of the whole entire multiverse like if every different decision you make will branch off a different universe and there's how many different people in this whole world that we know and it just you know makes everything seem fucking large and fucking like oh well maybe nothing matters and i can just do whatever i want and that's one of my favorite things about this movie is life is all about how you see it it's either ugh, nothing matters or well nothing matters <laughs> yeah it's all, it's all about your mindset baby <laughs> mm -hmm. everything it's for sure up. just based on your your perspective of it and your attitude yep. towards it life is basically whose line is it anyways everything's made up and the points don't matter <laughs> and it's better with colin mockery <laughs> <laughs> So not Waymond and Evelyn hide under a desk from security and he explains how the universes work on his phone. And he says that the further away you get from your universe, the bigger the differences are. And this is when we learn that he is from the Alphaverse. So I'm going to switch to calling him Alpha Waymond now instead of not Waymond. And mm -hmm. the Alphaverse was the first universe to make contact with others. And Alpha Evelyn discovered a way to temporarily link your consciousness to another version of yourself so you can access all of their memories and skills. And she did this before she died. So this is called verse jumping. And it's how basically Alpha Waymond was so good with the fanny pack. Which is a callback to the Matrix, for sure. In a Vanity Fair article by Johanna Desta, she said that uh, one of the Daniels, Mr. Daniel Kwan, said that he had watched, you know, uh, a double feature of The Matrix and Fight Club and was like, man, I want to do my own version of that. And so he kind of pulled off that sense of like being able to download information from a separate universe and uh, using it to have like your ordinary unlikely person become a hero so evelyn's basically neo <laughs> love that and I, I love it so much it's so good so alpha waymond and evelyn managed to get out past security and he tells her that he's seen her die thousands of times and every single time she was murdered by jobu tupaki who, like I said, is just an agent of chaos with no real motive or desires. And Evelyn asks, why can't they just let Jobu destroy other universes and leave her out of it? But Wayman says that Jobu has been building something, and they thought it was a black hole at first, but he said it consumes way more than just light and matter. He said that they don't necessarily know what it's for, but everyone can feel that something is off. And he tells Evelyn this is the reason why 
her clothes never wear as well the next day and her hair never falls in quite the same way <laughs> and you never seem to run out of things to say <laughs> Yeah, obviously a hilarious <laughs> reference to the song um, Absolutely, a.k.a. A Story of a Girl by Nine Days. And that comes oh, up what again. A banger. So uh, Alpha Wayman says that whatever Jobu is building is the reason why everyone feels like something it's just off. It's why we can't trust our neighbors anymore. It's even why sometimes our coffee just tastes off. And really the Alphaverse's mission is to just get the multiverse back to the way it was supposed to be, which could be reliant on our sweet little Evelyn. I've lost track of what universe we're in. <laughs> but Alpha Waymond and Evelyn see Deirdre and she grabs the receipt with the circle on it from before. That's still in the Thetaverse. Okay, we're in the Thetaverse still. Mm -hmm. She staples the fucking circled receipt to her forehead and verse so jumps. fucking hardcore. Yep, the, it's random enough, like the chapstick thing, that it makes her verse jump. And Alpha Waymond and his team of people in the Alphaverse are looking for a version of Waymond to counter Deirdre's verse jumping. And they decide on a gymnast... But to achieve this, he has to give himself four paper cuts, one in between each finger. And for me, this was as cringeworthy as if he were cutting his fingers off completely. It made my entire butthole pucker. <laughs> yeah, you know, the the entire, um, just like giving yourself the paper cut, like, yeah, it's not something that you expect to see in like a gore film. It's pretty low key. But considering the fact that you are attempting to intentionally give yourself a paper cut in the webbing between each and every finger to quote unquote have that be something that's random enough that does not make sense for your timeline to trigger your verse jump so that you are able to gain abilities from you in a different universe where you might have had a different set of abilities it, it's just chilling and it's very cringy because like you know when you get a paper cut all of a sudden it's oh god oh no this hurts so bad why would i ever do that i don't want to touch paper again but he is going in they are running dip diving and dodging around in the cubicles um trying to run away from miss deirdre who's just got this stapled receipt on her <laughs> forehead and he's trying to like get this thing going and it's it's very intense um for being a paper cut chase in the irs building he unfortunately was not able to press the green button on his earpiece in time so deirdre picks him up and whoopam does some pro wrestling move on him Wayman can't get to her. He can't move like the big filing cabinet that Deirdre used to trap him in there. So he calls Evelyn and tells her to verse jump by concentrating on a universe where she studies martial arts. She somehow finds it, but to get there, she has to confess her love to Deirdre. And he described that this is what their algorithm identified as the most statistically improbable action that would place her in the universe on the edge of their like local cluster of universes and then it would slingshot her like across clusters to the universe where she's a very skilled martial artist so evelyn tried to tell deirdre that she loved her and the way she did it she was like i love you <laughs> it was really cute 
didn't say it sincerely enough, but she still tried to press the jump button. So she was sent to a universe where she went home after the audit to finish her taxes and talk with Waymond about the divorce. And Waymond, in this universe, Waymond tells her that maybe she's right and they never should have gotten married. But Evelyn was like, I never said that. And Wayman said that unfortunately she didn't have to and that he can just feel it in the way that he looks at her. And it was real fucking sad. But in the background is a song that sounds like absolutely by nine days. <laughs> like a little slower and sadder. So Deirdre snatches Evelyn back into the Thetaverse where they're fighting and Alpha Wayman tells her that he's sorry, but he needs to go find the right Evelyn because he thinks that like, you're not it, bitch. You're not the one. And now we're back to regular Wayman, who is super confused about what's going on as Evelyn is still trying to tell scary ass Deirdre that she loves her. She finally gets it just in time, presses the green button and is brought to a universe where she did not leave China with Waymond. And after being saved from a mugging by a Kung Fu master, she learns Kung Fu and becomes like a major Kung Fu movie star in China. Which I love and like is honestly just such a callback to, you know, Michelle Yeoh's um history in movies like crouching tiger hidden dragon and clan of the white lotus like where she is like just whipping out all these super cool awesome amazing moves i'm really glad that she got a chance in this movie to kind of like just showcase a little bit of everything that was her everything everywhere just all at once <laughs> <laughs> So she is now accessing her skills from the Kung Fu star universe, and she is able to fight scary-ass Deirdre off very easily. And Waymond, regular-ass Waymond, is just watching in complete shock while Evelyn just absolutely wrecks Deirdre's shit. And after Evelyn defeats her, Evelyn is crying, and she tells Waymond that she saw her life without him and that it was beautiful. She says she should have listened to her father and never left China. Evelyn, baby girl, if you're listening, <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> Even if that's how you feel, I tell my middle schoolers that's what that's what we call an inside thought. Okay, that one should have stayed inside. <laughs> For some reason, Alpha Wayman decides to come back now, realizing that she probably actually is the Evelyn that he needs and he tells her that she needs to rest because her brain is under a lot of stress from the jumps. She keeps flashing back to the other universes and Alpha Waymond explains that her brain is kind of like a clay pot holding water and every verse jump is creating more cracks to let the water through but with practice she can learn to close the cracks and basically not overwhelm her brain with all of this verse jumping. AKA don't spend so much time thinking what if you'll you'll ruin your reality. Yeah, you'll go crazy. Which spoiler alert, that's what happened to Jobu. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives her um a bagel, yummy to eat for energy. <laughs> and that's when I was like, ah, everything bagel, but I didn't even know the everything bagel that was about to come. Um and at this time she asks like what if I wanted to go 
back to the fun universe where I get to wear pretty dresses and do kung fu and get paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And Wayman was like, shut it down! <laughs> Don't even <laughs> fucking think about it, bitch! Because <laughs> if she uses the other worlds for anything other than their skills and memories and emotions, she's just inviting more chaos, more contradiction into the multiverse. And the clay pot could shatter and she could die. Which apparently already happened to her, maybe potentially in the Alpha universe. He does say that you could die or worse. And she goes, well, tell me. Tell me what that means. And then he starts talking about Jobu. So I think the or worse is your brain could be fucked up and you could turn into a super chaotic everything bagel villain. (laughs) So... (laughs) Like I said, Alpha Waymond goes on to explain how in the Alphaverse, they spent a lot of time training young minds to verse jump, and they saw really great potential in one, but uh, Alpha Evelyn unfortunately pushed her beyond her limit, and we see that this person that they pushed beyond her limit was Joy, which is why Jobu was able to jump into her body. So Joy and Jobu essentially the same person at least alpha joy and jobu same person such a mind fuck of realizing that your your daughter from another universe is why the entire multiverse is collapsing so alpha joy's mind basically fractured just because it was overloaded from jumping and now she experiences every world and every possibility at the exact same time So this has made her see way too much, obviously, and she's lost any sense of morality or belief in what is true and what is real. I mean, imagine you were living your best life every single day, (laughs) but imagine you're also also living the worst life every single day. The one where like your husband leaves you and you're homeless and you're out of weed, (laughs) like all of the worst days all at once. everywhere all at once everything no that whole concept really reminds me of um the way dr manhattan experiences his reality in the watchman i don't really remember the movie it's the only graphic novel i've read i liked that a lot it reminded me a lot of that it's a very interesting concept um so evelyn wants to know what jobu wants like what is jobu's goal and Alpha Wayman says that he doesn't really know and nobody knows, but all they know is that Jobu is looking for Evelyn, whichever Evelyn is like the one that's super good at verse jumping and is super good at multiversing. Basically Jobu's looking for that Evelyn, which could be our sweet little Evelyn. So Evelyn flashes back to the universe where she's a movie star and she sees um rich waymond looking like a whole ass motherfucking snack in a tux at like a movie (laughs) premiere he was hot honestly (laughs) and he had come back to china to see her after seeing her face on a billboard and he is uh not poor or struggling and all of a sudden she's back in the thetaverse with alpha waymond and he's telling her to jump and he's like just try peeing yourself it's always a good jumping pad he passes out for some reason and we finally see jobu this bad bitch is wearing an elvis costume walking a pig on a leash 
Oh, fucking iconic, honestly. When I tell Divide. you I lost it, I lost it. You said <laughs> that was first... going to be your Halloween costume for you and your dog. Yeah, me and Kensley are going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. So a police officer tells Jobu that she can't be there, and she puts out her cigarette on his badge, which, honestly, Bad love it. <laughs> He's trying to cuff her, and she's saying that she actually can physically be there but he's not allowing her to be there and for some reason she says in a baby voice you're gonna make me walk through you <laughs> and he was like what bitch uh i can't let you do that and she breaks out of the cuffs and literally turns this man into confetti and says see i can walk through you <laughs> it's so chaotically delicious immediate chaos if At you could just I turn was... a man into confetti poof at first, I was like, what does a chaos agent even do or look like? Elvis costume, pig, turning people into confetti. That's it. And it just gets better. Checks It just boxes. gets better throughout the movie. Yeah. This scene is throughout the scene. chaos. At one point, another cop points a gun to the back of her head, and she spreads the back of her hair, and her face is on the back of her head. Well, it's like malignant we all over again. <laughs> it's malignant all over again. So Jobu is just going full on Thanos with the reality stone. She's changing outfits. The cops' outfits are changing. At some point, she makes Evelyn think she got shot, but the blood is just organic ketchup. She turns the cops' batons into dildos, and it's honestly fucking wild. It's gold. And when Evelyn realizes what's happening, she goes, you're Juju Tubuti. <laughs> the amount of times she messes up Jobu Tupaki's name is just perfection. And Evelyn says that basically she's like, you're the reason that Joy doesn't call me anymore. You're why she dropped out of college. You're why she gets tattoos. And she even says you're why she thinks that she's gay. Honestly, I was scared as fuck of Jobu during this scene. It's taking place in, like, any office hallway, any mm -hmm. corporate office hallway we've ever seen. But the fluorescent lights were flickering, so it was kind of hard to see Jobu. And out of nowhere, she just, like, sprints out of the darkness at one point, And I was like, ah, no fucking thank you, Chaos Goblin. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Do you remember me being scared at that? No. When, oh yeah, we were watching it and I was like, ah! I jumped and like, it scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> no, sorry. I don't remember that being a scary moment for you. I was just uh, I was just in love with all of the outfits that were coming out of that scene. Because I'm pretty sure at one point she like throws her head back against a cop. And then when she like comes up straight again, like he is wearing a full blown like fruit... <laughs> banana apple fucking headdress yeah and like a like a crazy frilly <laughs> costume they're dressed like uh like copacabana <laughs> they're wearing like the most ridiculous exactly exactly yeah. and it, the cops are so confused like what's happening and like oh yeah, man at, at one point she like flips and like grabs onto one of the cops and then she, like, manages to pull them both up in the air. In midair, they both change into looking like 
wrestlers like mexican wrestlers and then she flips him upside down and slams him on his head and breaks his neck rip to the newly found luchadors again we should watch more wrestling <laughs> i will watch mexican wrestling with you all right let's go <laughs> for the costumes alone so at one point evelyn says don't make me fight you i'm pretty good <laughs> which i thought that was funny she was like i can do this i have i have skills in other universes <laughs> and she tries to jump by peeing herself but she's jumped too many times and it gets messed up so she ends up off of the multiverse map and is accessing her consciousness in a universe where everyone has hot dogs for fingers Oh, it's so good. And again, we're we're really jumping into the absurdist portion that defines this movie. And it's great because like that's like a dumb little fucking kid joke. And it's ridiculous. And it's amazing. And it's done so beautifully. <laughs> I mean, they go as far as to show the hot dog fingers on like the King and I like TV show or whatever, or the, the musical yeah. they have playing on the TV in the laundromat. And there's just like why is there mustard and ketchup everywhere, though? It, like, their hot dog fingers were, like, yeah. jizzing mustard and ketchup into mm, each other's mm -hmm. mouths. For it sure. Was foul. Also, it's in the hot dog, hot dog finger universe, she's in a relationship with um, Deirdre. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so her and Deirdre yeah. are, are partners, which it was, honestly, that's a, that's a rom-com I would watch. Hot dog fingers, lesbians, I would watch that. <laughs> Um, do you want a fun fact about the hot dog hands? Hit me tube suck. Uh, they were not CGI. They were real <laughs> prosthetic gloves. <laughs> Yo. So those hot dog hands gloves exist somewhere on eBay. <laughs> I I'll be right back. I have to go to it. eBay. Um, they're only 40 bucks. No shit. Like the ones in the actual movie? I don't know if it's, like, the actual ones, but, yeah, on a24films.com, they have hot dog finger gloves, as seen in the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, and it says you might also like this rock with googly eyes on it for $35. Right. Okay, that's a little too much capitalism for me at this moment. Because okay. I'll just go get a rock and some googly eyes. But the hot dog, the hot dog finger gloves, I, 40 can't, bucks. DIY, I can't DIY waggly wiener fingers, unfortunately. This is a wiener podcast. So although useless that she jumped to this universe, even though it was super funny to watch, um, it is impressive that she was able to jump so far without frying her brain. So... This is kind of our first hint at maybe she is the right Evelyn to stop Jobu. And back with Jobu, Evelyn asks what Jobu wants with her. And Jobu does this like weird hand thing to open up Evelyn's mind, basically. And Evelyn sees into the portal and we finally see the everything bagel. Jobu basically says that she just got bored one day and decided to put everything on a bagel. And it collapsed in on itself. Because when you put everything on a bagel, it just becomes a weird, swirling, black hole of truth. 
And Evelyn asks, what is the truth? And Jobu responds with, nothing matters. And Evelyn doesn't want Joy to believe that, but Jobu says that if nothing matters, then all the pain you feel from making nothing of your life doesn't matter too. And as someone who just spent way too long wasting my life away going to college (laughs) just to waste my life away at work, it was too real. (laughs) It's real. And I feel like more or less all millennials kind of have that impending sense of doom of does it all matter like is there any point but maybe that's just depression who knows who knows maybe we're all just fucked up from the pandemic (laughs) i mean like one world tragedy after another kind of does get you guessing does any of it matter maybe we all just have this shared really fucked up collective ptsd that we're just trying to get through every day while also Affording bread (laughs) and paper towel and eggs. (laughs) All of a sudden, boom! Alpha Gong Gong flies in on his souped up scooter. And Caitlin, you thought there was a coffee maker on the back of it. Is that confirmed? Um, sure. Yeah, I'll could just confirm it right now based off of one scene I saw, um, you know, what, Ooh. three, four days ago when I watched this with you. His, uh, Alpha Gong Gong has this scooter that's souped up with a bunch of different random kitchen appliances, it seems to be. Because I swear to God, I saw, like, a little white drip coffee maker on the back of the thing. And then there's other parts that look like it might be a mini toaster oven. Um, We got wires. We got cords. I think we got a fan tucked in there somewhere. It essentially, it looks like a Goodwill put together like transformer type of wheelchair to a suit thing that it eventually goes to. (laughs) It's great. It's it's beautiful. Again, visually stimulating. Yes. So Alpha Gong Gong wakes Alpha Wayman up by using his fucking shoe, like, as a smelling salt. And the three of these just unhinged weirdos take off together while Jobu is down. So they run off into this little, like, well, it's not little. It's like a large executive-looking type office. And Alpha Gong Gong is upset that Alpha Wayman has caused another mind to be compromised, that mind being Evelyn's. But Alpha Wayman says that Evelyn is the one who can finally stop Jobu Tupaki. And she doesn't really know why, because she says she's not really good at anything, which is sad. And Alpha Wayman says that's exactly why. She has so many dreams she hasn't accomplished and things that she hasn't finished. And she's living her worst life, which is, that was funny and relatable. Hard to hear. <laughs> hard, hard to hear. Not wrong. And Evelyn says, the hot dog one has to be worse than than me. (laughs) And Alpha Wayman says that every failure in this universe has branched off into some sort of success for another Evelyn in another life path. Meaning that she has so much skill and potential so close to her own life path that she's capable of anything because she's so bad at everything. So Joy is knocking on the door of the large office that they're in, and Alpha Gong Gong says that they can't open the door for Jobu, but Alpha Wayman says that the readings say that it is not Jobu, so it's Joy. And we cut to the Alphaverse squad 
almost hitting Jobu Tupaki with their weird like verse jumping surveillance van thingy. And Jobu is in an incredibly ridiculous lime green like pinata amoeba looking outfit thingy. And I, Caitlin, I think that was one of your favorite Jobu outfits. I mean, they're they're all a favorite, honestly. Like, who doesn't want to dress up like a pinata? So Alpha Gong Gong, he's fucking over this shit, out of here, dips out of regular Gong Gong's body, and Joy comes in to the room with Waymond and Evelyn, but Evelyn, like, doesn't trust her all the way, so she ties Joy up on a chair while trying to explain the situation, and Joy says, are we all having a stroke? <laughs> Which is funny, because <laughs> she's not, like, fighting back against her mom, she's just like, oh, fuck, we're doing this now. And this is when Evelyn tries to explain that they're like puppets, like in the movie Ratatouille, but she can't remember the name of it. So, Caitlin, what does she call it? Raccoonie. It's like Raccoonie. The guy with the raccoon that sits on his head. Raccoonie. Is pulling his hair. It shows him how to cook. So good. So, Alpha Gong Gong comes back just for a quick second, and he whispers to Evelyn that she has to kill Joy. Because it's giving her access to one less universe. It seems like Evelyn is considering it as she's walking towards Joy with a box cutter. But she ends up cutting the tape that she tied Joy up with. And Joy is on the phone with Becky. And she says, my mom taped me to a chair because of raccoons. It's a long story. (laughs) (laughs) So after Evelyn cuts Joy free... Alpha Gong Gong is back and he fucking pulls a gun on them. And <laughs> Waymond, his sweet little baby Waymond, was like, I think it's time for a family discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn tells Alpha Gong Gong that she won't let him kill Joy. And Alpha Gong Gong blames Evelyn on creating Jobu Tupaki in the first place, since she's the one who pushed Alpha Joy far enough to break her mind. And Alpha Gong Gong is also concerned about Evelyn becoming just like Jobu Tupaki if she does not kill this version of Joy to ultimately help save the multiverse. So Evelyn randomly starts dancing, which was super cute because they're having like this really intense conversation. And all of a sudden she's like, do, 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 do. <laughs> but it's so she can verse jump because it has to be something random enough that it's imp- statistically improbable. So Boom, verse jump, and Evelyn, whoever it is in Evelyn's body, puts hand sanitizer in her eyes to verse jump again. And then Mm. Evelyn starts speaking in bird. She's like, chirp, chirp, chirp. (laughs) Like she's chirping and like tweetering and shit. (laughs) And then Mm. she puts her fingers in Alpha Gong Gong's snot and then into his mouth and verse jumps again to a universe where she is a maid for the guy whose office they're in and there's like a secret BDSM dungeon thing behind his desk which the skill that she needed in this situation was the knowledge of that secret BDSM dungeon room Mm -hmm. so Evelyn in our world opens that room and goes in there to get away from Alpha Gong Gong who uses this opportunity Alpha Gong Gong does to call for all nearby verse jumpers from the Alphaverse to come and help as, like, the last line of defense before the shit just blows up. And their goal is now to kill Evelyn 
and Joy to stop Jobu Tupaki in that universe and basically to stop Evelyn from becoming another Jobu Tupaki. So Evelyn tells Joy that everything that has been making her sad and want to give up is not her fault, but that it's her. It's Juju Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) It's our second mispronunciation. (laughs) Evelyn says the only way to defeat Jobu Tupaki is to become like her. And Joy and Waymond are just super lost. Waymond even says, I'm still a little lost, but like, honestly, he's on board. He's a good ass husband. So the um, random verse jumpers are right outside the BDSM room and Alpha Gong Gong tells them to find their jumping pads and they all start doing the most random unhinged shit, including, but not limited to, uh, singing Ave Maria, licking a wall, humping a lamp, photocopying their butt, all while they throw like some gas bomb thingy into the BDSM room to like clear... Waymond, Evelyn, and Joy out. And Evelyn also makes herself verse jump to a universe where she is blind and a singer, which the first time I watched this, I didn't notice that she was blind. I thought she was just a singer. So it was about Mm -hmm. like controlling her breath, but it was also about closing her eyes and like I think her other senses being heightened or something. Mm -hmm. So she begins just absolutely wrecking all of the other verse jumpers' shit. And all of this is done while we're just getting clips of her, like, singing a really, like, beautiful, traditional song in, I think it was Mandarin. I also like how in one universe she is a very talented opera artiste. And then in her current universe, like, she tried to expense a karaoke machine through (laughs) her laundromat business. Like, she's just one step away. Just one step. One step away. Yep. Just, just one Bluetooth jump away. So she starts to kind of fall behind in the fight a little bit. And she swallows a little frog statue to verse jump, which you pointed out, like she had a frog in her throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, singing. like the, the opera version of her attempting to perform had to stop for a second because she was choking because of the frog in the throat in the opposite universe. Yeah. It's cute. It's so, it's, just, it's all connected, man. This movie is just like 17,000 Easter eggs combined and overlapped into one another in like this crazy multiverse. So swallows the frog. She verse jumps and she gains the skills of Evelyn in another universe as like a sign spinner for a pizza restaurant. And she starts spinning one of the police shields that was in the office and continues wrecking shit as Waymond and Joy are watching like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) And they leave that office only to find more verse jumpers who are ready to wreck their shit. And the first of which is Jenny Slate from before at the laundromat. And she's using her dog on a leash as a weapon. (laughs) straight up it was obviously fake and i think they made it look fake on purpose because they probably could have made it look more real than it was but i think they wanted like zero question that they were harming an animal in the making (laughs) that they were using a dog to throw out and call back like you know she's using it as like a boomerang on a leash honestly (laughs) 
So Evelyn drinks an entire bottle of orange soda to verse jump again. <laughs> and Waymond finally catches on to the do weird shit, get cool power connection. And this verse jump gives her the skills of a hibachi chef. And she's able to slice the dog's leash. And the poor, obviously, fake puppy goes flying across the office. And she also spins something metal that I couldn't really tell what it was, but it was egg-shaped. That was an egg timer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was an egg timer. So she spins it on a spatula, like how a hibachi chef spins an egg and hits it off. And it nails Jenny Slate, like, right in the fucking face. And it knocked her out. Um, another verse jumper arrives and he's using two poles, like a cool Kung Fu master type thing. And a moment comes where him and Evelyn hit each other in the ear with a pole <laughs> and they lose all of their verse jumping skills because their ear pieces are either turned off or they fall off. So they just start like, eh. Like slap <laughs> fighting each other. <laughs> Slapping each other. Like they're two toddlers fighting over a toy. <laughs> it's hilarious. And the other verse jumper, the one that's slapping with her, he looks at the butt plug trophies. And you know he's about to do some weird shit to get a jumping pad. So he's like, try to hurry up and like, quick, let me take my pants off. And he's trying to like slam his butt on it. But Evelyn keeps like moving it so he can't. <laughs> and it was like, I, th- I feel like that scene was highly choreographed, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> Because the way he had to, like, turn and, like, twist and, like, slam his butt down on the desk while they're fighting each other and while she's trying to, like, slide the butt plug away from him. I was, (laughs) it was so seamless. It was perfect. (laughs) And Waymond. And so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. ridiculous. The best part is Waymond is trying to help by suggesting weird stuff for her to do. He's like, do jumping jacks. Slap him. And Joy's like, don't do any of that. Just blow on his nose. It'll make a bunch of weird noises. But this is right as another verse jumper launches himself over the cubicle wall, ass out, but it is blurred out for his privacy. And his cheeks are spread, ready to hop on that butt plug. Long distance jump. Right onto it. And he's successful. It's It would be like if track and field had a butt plugs section of the competition man i'm not athletic enough for this (laughs) so he does successfully verse jump and he is now a sumo wrestler evelyn manages to jump herself and she's a kung fu prodigy again because she blew and blew on the guy's nose she gets punched in the face at one point and her head like slams in another universe into someone sitting next to her at the movie premiere in the Kung Fu movie star universe. And from here on out, there's lots of moments that are back and forth like that, that do a really good job of depicting that she is existing as a single Evelyn, but she's split across multiple universes at a time. Yeah. So she's getting like punched in the Thetaverse and then like, you know, again, like throwing her hair all sideways and crazy. Like she actually got punched while she's sitting at a movie theater and it just, it dips in and out of all these different universes and lifestyles she's led. 
So the first guy that was trying to get to the butt plug has now shoved something else up his ass. So he too has crazy good sumo kung fu fighting powers. And as they're fighting, um, the two guys end up in a position where she's able to take both things out of their ass at the same time. I don't understand how that will undo the jump, but it was a very cool slow-mo move with like multi-action situations going on again this is a kung fu movie too i could have used more of like a popping noise you know oh god (laughs) right when evelyn thinks that she's done for now at least alpha gong gong comes flying in on his souped up scooter and pins her against the wall while her device is kind of indicating that she's close to reaching her mental capacity. So Alpha Gong Gong pulls the pin on a grenade and he's like, I'll go down with the fucking ship too, bitch, if I have to. But Evelyn manages to verse jump back to the Kung Fu universe where she learned how to do Kung Fu like just with her pinky fingers. And one pinky finger even has like a little buff muscle on it. <laughs> so it has, yeah, pinky finger has a bicep straight uh-huh. up. So she's able to push Alpha Gong Gong off of her and starts just whooping absolute ass on the rest of the jumpers just with her little pinkies. <laughs> oh, so good. She collapses after, obviously exhausted from <laughs> verse jumping that many times. Waymond catches her, but it turns out it's Alpha Waymond! Yay! He's back! (laughs) And she says she's going to use everything she just did to defeat Jobu Tupaki. And Alpha Waymond says that, you know, her plan to save her daughter in her own universe has really pissed off everyone in the multiverse. Unfortunately, back in the Alphaverse, Alpha Waymond is dying after they got into a car accident to avoid the neon green pinata Jobu thingy. And Alpha Waymond dies in Evelyn's arms. But regular Waymond comes back and said, What happened? Was I Raccoon Waymond again? And I was like, Yes, he's starting to get it. <laughs> I love that he didn't think it was weird. He was just like, was I, did it happen again? Like, not freaking out, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's just a real go-with-the-flow type of guy. God so God chill. love a man is fanny peck. It is at this moment when Jobu Chewbacca arrives again, and Evelyn thinks that she's ready to fight, but at that moment, her mind is like, nope. And she <laughs> vomits profusely and passes out. And her device sounds like it's flatlining, and it seems like she dies. And I thought she was going to die. I thought that, like, her mind had shattered and she was dead. Um, And Waymond is begging Jobu to help her as we see a title card that says, The End. And my dumbass, Kaylin, we were watching this together. I was like, is it over? (laughs) (laughs) Just, like hundreds of questions unanswered all of the plot lines still open and i was like fuck are we getting a sequel <laughs> like i thought it was done and you were like no idiot <laughs> no this is a two and a half hour movie stay with us we weren't even halfway <laughs> and i was like is it over <laughs> no so it looks like um fake credits are rolling but the camera pans back And the credits are on the um, big screen that the movie star Evelyn was watching before. 
And she wakes up and is immediately looking for their daughter. But rich tuxedo Waymond is like, "Mm, bitch, daughter, we don't have a daughter. Because in that universe, they don't, obviously. And she starts bouncing between universes. Um, The one in which she's a blind singer and a hibachi chef, which, as it turns out, her coworker is in a real life ratatouille situation with the fucking raccoon. Raccoonie. He is true life Rakakuni. And I thought that was funny because like she didn't just make that up. Like she's not dumb that she has that knowledge somewhere in her subconscious that like that's a real experience that some version of Evelyn is having. I mean, like, again, it's the whole thing. Like, is English your second language and the rat part ended up being a raccoon or like did she know the whole time from the other universe that it was a possibility? And, I mean, I just want to know how many of the dumb fucking things that I have said have actually happened in a separate universe? It was ridiculous and hilarious. I was kind of worried that the movie was just going to go downhill from here and, like, be weird just for the purpose of being weird. But it stayed, like, just weird enough, you know? It's so good. It's absurd, and I love it. So the raccoon thinks that Evelyn has seen too much (laughs) and starts controlling her co-worker Ratatouille style while trying to kill Evelyn. And Evelyn snaps back into hot dog finger lesbian Deirdre land and is rightfully freaking out. She snaps back to the regular universe where she uh, went home after the appointment to work on their taxes and get ready for the party And Waymond reminds her to go drop all of the papers and stuff off before 6 p.m. Caitlin, you said that the entire universe where, like, Deirdre was evil and they wrecked Mm -hmm. the IRS building, Mm -hmm. that was in the Burner universe? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that just your yeah. own? No, that was feeling? in the Theta universe. It was in the Theta, the entire fucking whack a mole, but with the butt plug situation, IRS building in the Theta universe. That doesn't technically exist. That's not where she's going to drop papers off at again. Gotcha. Okay. The first time I was watching it, I was confused and I was like, I can't, I, I can't fucking keep track of where I am. But yeah, that makes sense. And a title card comes up and says, part two, everywhere. And it was actually in the same room that we got the first title card. And they are down in the laundromat getting ready for the party, which is evidently a Lunar New Year party. And Evelyn sees Joy, and she's, like, immediately on edge. And Joy is like, whoa, bitch, I was like, I'm just trying to talk to you about what happened this morning. She asks Evelyn if she's drunk already, and her head tilts the way that it did earlier when Jobu first jumped. And she really creepily says, like, Becky, can you go help my dad with the party? (laughs) And we realize that fucking Jobu is back. And Stephanie Shu does such an amazing job of switching from Joy to Jobu. Even the way her little mannerisms change, it's just... It's micro acting and it's incredible. And I love (laughs) Stephanie Shu. So Jobu is walking towards Evelyn and Evelyn's backing up, like obviously scared as fuck because this chaos goblin is trying to like wreak havoc on her Lunar New Year party. And Mm -hmm. as they're backing up, they're switching between universes. That shot was just fucking dope. 
So they're in like a Kung Fu universe and Mm -hmm. Jobu is holding a branch that starts changing between different random objects from other universes until it lands on a sword. Then they're in like a random old school prison where Evelyn is the prisoner and Jobu is like the guard or something. And then all of a sudden they're like a children's like crayon drawing. And then there are Mm -hmm. two literal pinatas. Like, like pinatas made in their likeness. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so back to the uh, Lunar New Year party. Evelyn says that she's the one who's going to do it. She's going to defeat Jobu. So Jobu's like, fine, hit me. And Evelyn does. And she just kind of like, ah, falls on the couch and pretends to be hurt. And Evelyn's like, um, bitch, if you don't want to fight me, like, why have you been looking for me? And Jobu's mm-hmm. like, come, come, sit on the couch. And specifically in the crack of the cushions. Mm-hmm. And they are, like, sucked into the couch to oh, the universe so with the bagel. This room is fucking terrifying. It's a creepy all-white altar, and Jobu's little cronies all have some version of, like, black circles drawn on their foreheads. Mm-hmm. But Jobu's hair is in this really cool braided circle thing above circle her bun. head. I also love how in this scene, in this crazy white room, Evelyn is dressed like a peasant, almost, type uh-huh. of thing. And everyone else is in, like, these, these like, crazy robes that are all, like, super clean looking. And she's just kind of, like, coming in as, like, like an inexperienced to the beauty and the chaos that is the everything bagel. Yeah. But I also wondered if that was a way for Jobu Tupaki, who obviously controls everything because mm-hmm. she's, like, Thanos with the reality stone. Mm-hmm. That could just be a way for Jobu Tupaki, who has the experiences of joy having Evelyn as a mother. Like, that's a way to knock her down a peg. To be like, we're all wearing these, like, white ethereal gowns. Like, we all look dope. And you look like a peasant. Yeah. Time for me to knock you down a notch. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Evelyn says that she really just wants her daughter back, but Jobu says that that isn't possible because she is Joy, Joy is her, every version of Joy is Jobu Tupaki. Also, at this point, she randomly hands her a black and white book that says everything everywhere all at once on the front, but it's like a Dr. Seuss book, and I want that fucking book. I want it, and I want to know what's inside of it. A24.com Amazing. Yep. A24.com <laughs> has everything. So, like I said, Jobu says that she's felt everything that Joy has ever felt, including the happiness and pain of having Evelyn as a mother. And Jobu says that the bagel will free Evelyn of being trapped inside of a box of right and wrong. But Evelyn doesn't want shit to do with the bagel. She just wants to go back to her life. And just live a happy life. So after seeing the bagel, Jobu tells her that all this time, she actually wasn't looking for Evelyn just so she could kill her. But Jobu was looking for Evelyn because she wanted someone to see what she sees and feel what she feels after literally experiencing everything. Everywhere. All at once. All at once. (laughs) 
Back in the uh, Kung Fu movie star universe, Rich Waymond is telling Evelyn that sometimes he wonders what their life would have been like if she went with him to the States all those years ago. And she ends up, she's like, I fucking know what it would have been like. We would have lived in a tiny apartment over a failing laundromat. Like, it would have sucked. At the same time, Evelyn that we thought was dead after fighting all those verse jumpers wakes up. And Lunar New Year Evelyn takes a call from Deirdre, who is pissed that she didn't show up by 6 p.m. But Evelyn says, like, shut up. Nothing matters. <laughs> so she's she's in, like, the nothing matters stage right now. Instead of, like, yeah, nothing matters. She's in, no, nothing matters. And Evelyn hops on the karaoke mic drunk as fuck saying that nothing really matters because they're just going around in circles doing laundering taxes laundering taxes laundering taxes that literally hits me so hard at home because the first five years that i spent going to therapy i talked about doing my laundry every single time and how it was a crushing weight and how i would <laughs> never be able to get out from under it so god damn i love this movie we never will laundry and taxes also circle theme on point just going in circle <laughs> around the bagel we go <laughs> evelyn also takes the divorce papers from waymond and signs them at the same time that deirdre is walking in and deirdre authorizes a seizure of all of their personal and business assets and evelyn begins like switching through cycling through all the universes obviously having like the same crisis that alpha joy had that turned her into jobu we get like this voiceover from jobu and she says that every single moment will go by with another universe screaming for evelyn's attention and that she'll never fully be in any universe and basically, she'll live a lifetime of fractured moments with only a few moments of time that actually make any sense. As someone who's confused a lot, I feel that. Uh, well, and that just sounds like that sounds like ADHD, honestly. Hi. Like my brain is screaming at me to do the laundry, do the laundry, do the laundry, <laughs> but I can't because I'm organizing my pictures by year. <laughs> This is a Kate's personal therapy podcast. <laughs> so Lunar New Year Evelyn is walking towards Deirdre with a bat that, of course, has googly eyes on it. And she says she's always hated the laundromat and proceeds to break the windows with the bat. And she starts smashing the laundry machines. This scene kind of like cycles through all of the ways that she's sabotaged herself or people around her in different universes. Like she kisses Rich Waymond in the movie Star Universe, even though he tells her not to unless it means something, which obviously in that universe, it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And she turns in the raccoon in Raccoonie Universe, even though it hurts she her. Calls co-worker. animal control. <laughs> called animal control. That poor little raccoon. The poor little co- raccoon is never gonna be a hibachi chef. Oh, that's all he ever wanted. <laughs> so as she's cycling through all of the universes, obviously feeling everything Jobu said she was she would feel, she is transported to a universe where she's a literal rock and they are in a universe where conditions weren't right for life to form. 
She's just side by side with Rock Joy. They have a conversation, like if you can even call it that, <laughs> because it's just text on the screen. There's no sound, like not even the wind is blowing. It's just quiet. Yeah. It really is a, a very silent part of the movie. And to for them to have a conversation, they just kind of like throw text up on the screen for you to read about what one Rock is quote unquote saying to another yeah. one. And they both say that it's nice because you can just sit there and do nothing. And Rock Evelyn even tries to apologize to Rock Joy about everything that's been going on. And Rock Joy's like, stop, you don't have to do that here. Just be a rock. <laughs> they go on to more or less have a conversation of in any universe, no matter what, even one where they're just rocks, like Evelyn is always going to be Joy's mother. And she's always going to love her no matter what type of thing, which yeah. is just so fucking tear jerking, honestly, mm -hmm. like ugly cry there. And it's like because like they're just rocks like you wouldn't expect them to have a relationship towards each other as being rocks. But, you know, when <laughs> we kind of follow what we've been following through the movie of a strained relationship between mother and daughter among multiple different things like joy is just trying so hard to connect and be like i'm in pain and i need you to see me for that and uh evelyn's kind of wrapped up in her own world the way she's perceiving it and not able to connect with her daughter in that way to the point where in this different alpha universe that joy is just completely turned into jobu tupaki to kind of like create the everything bagel of like everything sucks i can't stand anything in any universe i just want this to be done and i want somebody to recognize that i don't want to do this yeah and jobu tupaki's whole thing is she is chronically overwhelmed with mm -hmm. the whole existence of joy in every universe so this scene with the rocks was the turning point for the movie because it is a place where either Jobu Tupaki or Joy can just be Joy. Like even if it mm -hmm. was Jobu Tupaki with the shattered mind that Rock Evelyn was talking to, there's no other distractions. There's no there's nothing going on that Jobu Tupaki can manipulate in the rock universe because they're just rocks mm -hmm. so it was finally time for them to just be up front with each other have a conversation yeah this shit sucks everything's stupid we're all stuck in a capitalistic rat race nightmare every day but you know we're all just rocks on a floating rock <laughs> Ugh, we're just rocks on rocks so Rock Joy says that she has been stuck experiencing everything for so long that she was hoping Evelyn would see something that she didn't and convince her there was another way. So back in Bagel Land, Jobu says that she didn't create the bagel to destroy everything, but rather to destroy herself and see if she could finally actually die. And Evelyn was about to go in the bagel with Jobu, but then very faintly hears Deirdre's voice in the Lunar New Year world. And she ends up back there. And the cops let her go after her little freak out with the bat moment. And Wayman tells her that everything is going to be okay. 
and that Deirdre is actually giving them another week to sort their taxes out. Evelyn says that it's impossible, but Jovu says it's just a statistical improbability. It's nothing special, but it is special. It's special to Evelyn. Yeah, because it was that break that she really needed. Mm -hmm. It's also at this moment that I think Evelyn finally realizes what it is about this universe that makes it so special. And it's sweet little Waymond. Like, he's the one that talked to Deirdre and got them another week on the taxes. He's sweet with their customers. Like, he dances with them, you know. He puts little googly eyes on things to be funny. He sings while he cleans. I think she has this moment of, like, wow, he is, he's my thing. He's my happy in this universe, you know. Mm -hmm. Back in the burner universe. Waymond is begging the verse jumpers to stop fighting. He validates their fear and confusion and says that somehow it feels like all of it is his fault. I don't know where he gets that from. I think he just has a guilty conscience. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. But he does say that all he knows is that they have to be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. In the Kung Fu movie universe, Rich Waymond is telling Evelyn that even in a world where they run around in circles all the time, he chooses to be sweet and kind to help himself survive through everything. And that is how he chooses to fight. And he ends by telling her that even though she broke his heart again, that in another universe, he would have enjoyed doing laundry and taxes with her. Oh, man. If you have somebody you care about, this is just, it'll just pull your heart apart. <laughs> it's very sweet. Are you physically crying right now? <laughs> I get it. To, I'm about to start my period. <laughs> when I first saw this, I was like, oh, cute. Second rewatch, sobbed. You're crying now. I Talking mean, like. Talking about it on the podcast sobbing mm -hmm. jobu she don't give a fuck about any of this mm -hmm. evelyn refuses to go with jobu into the bagel so jobu's like fuck you i'm bringing the bagel into the irs building in the burner universe let's fucking go <laughs> that bagel is ripping through the place like it is a fucking black hole and Jobu does try to go in the bagel, but Evelyn is trying to stop her. She has to fight all of the verse jumpers first, but she's at a place now where she doesn't want to hurt them anymore. So instead, she uses her knowledge from all of the universes to stop them from wanting to fight her. She... You know, she tells Deirdre that, like, you're not unlovable. There's always something to love. Even in a stupid-ass universe where you have <laughs> hot dog fingies, you get very good with using your feet. And this is looped over scenes of them, like, playing the piano, painting, <laughs> caressing each other's faces, all with, with their, their feet. feet. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Gong Gong obviously doesn't want Evelyn to stop Jobu from ending her life via bagel. And has the verse jumpers just fucking open fire. But since Jobu is Thanos with the reality stone, the bullets, of course, <laughs> don't injure her. And Evelyn grabs one of the bullets from her forehead. 
and it turns into a googly eye. You know, and you keep, you keep referencing Thanos, but honestly, that is such a Matrix Neo moment for me where he just stops all the bullets in their tracks and just drops them type of thing. And he's like, you yeah. can't touch me like that. Like, yeah. I am powerful. <laughs> Ugh, and it's so good. But she, she really does have Waymond open up that third eye of hers, which she symbolizes with the googly eye yeah. of just like, kindness and you know taking a moment to appreciate what you have even if it is shitty laundry and tax audits and stuff like that like <laughs> kindness is the it's the driving factor it's what makes mm -hmm. the shit worth it so after she sticks the googly eye in the middle of her forehead she says that she's learning to fight like waymond which what he said before rich waymond said before that's he fights off everything with kindness so she's gonna fight them with kindness so she starts quote-unquote fighting the verse jumpers by giving them what they've been missing in life she matches up like a couple together she sprays one of them with his late wife's perfume she cracks someone's neck who's been having like really bad chronic neck pain <laughs> she ball gags and spanks the bdsm dude <laughs> uh and makes me so uh, happy yeah, and she uh, ratatouilles the raccoon guy. She hops up on his shoulders and controls him via his hair. <laughs> <laughs> so Alpha Gong Gong is trying to stop her in his weird souped-up scooter, which is like you mean you mean the Goodwill Transformer, transformer? <laughs> <laughs> the Goodwill Transformer, <laughs> and he tells her that it's time to just let Joy go. But Evelyn says that she can't. And she's no longer willing to do what Gong Gong did to her. And she says it's okay if he can't be proud of her because she's finally proud of herself. So Lunar New Year Evelyn says that she never wanted Joy to end up like her, but that it's okay that she did end up like her. A mess. Because just like for Evelyn, the universe gave Joy someone who is kind, patient, and forgiving and finally introduces Becky as Joy's girlfriend. It was a sweet moment, but... It also came from Evelyn's need to kind of defy her father and prove that she doesn't need him. It wasn't necessarily about being unconditionally accepting of her daughter. Yeah, there's truth in that. But I feel like yeah. because they portrayed Joy as wanting to introduce Becky just earlier that day, that at that moment, it seemed okay type of thing. I feel like she did have consent because Joy had tried to introduce Becky to Gong Gong earlier. Um, but at the same time, it might have been a little bit selfish, but I think she needed to have this whole entire journey of an eye-opening moment to kind of get to that point to realize, to like take stock of what's important. And it turns out, you know, her daughter being seen by her grandfather for who she truly is was more important yeah. than the way she wanted you know her family to reflect her while seeking approval from her dad yeah i the the consent was there because joy tried to come out to gong gong earlier but it's all about the tone and the intention you know yeah it would have meant more to Joy if Evelyn had done it earlier. 
So, but that I think that's one of the good themes of this movie is that Evelyn is trying and she's learning and she's not 100% there. She's not 100% perfect, but she's working on the things that she needs to work on to be better. Yeah. And just taking a moment to be calm, relax, realize, and just be like, oh yeah, this, this could be okay is important. Yeah. yeah. As Jobu is trying to yeet herself into the bagel, Evelyn is stopping her and Jobu is trying to fight back because she thinks the bagel is finally where she will find peace. And Evelyn is like meeting the fight only defensively. And finally, Evelyn grabs her and refuses to let her go. And she eventually is helped by Alpha Gong Gong and Waymond. Meanwhile, the Lunar New Year Joy stormed out after the declaration that Becky is her girlfriend and Evelyn followed her. And Joy has this moment where she yells at her mom to just stop, like just fucking stop. <laughs> it's great that Evelyn is figuring her shit out, but Joy says that she's tired of hurting. She's tired of being hurt by her mom. And for some reason, when they're together, it just hurts the both of them. Joy says that she thinks they should just go their separate ways. And Evelyn surprisingly says, okay. Joy gets into a car as Jobu is also falling into the bagel. Rock Joy falls off a cliff. But mm -hmm. Evelyn tells Lunar New Year Joy before she goes, she says, you are getting fat. And you do <laughs> never call. She doubling down. Yeah, she's like, you only come by when you need something. Like, she's pointing out the things that she's unhappy with. And Evelyn agrees that of all the places she can be, it doesn't make sense that she should want to be with Joy. And Waymond is like, oh, bitch, can you please stop? Maybe? Like, I don't want Jobu to come back, like, please. Can you please calm down. <laughs> Evelyn's like, I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to pick those few moments of time where it does make sense, probably AKA when they're getting along. And she's yeah. going to cherish those moments. I'm butchering it in my explanation. It is a beautiful moment between like a mother and daughter who have a difficult relationship. Yeah. While all of this is going on, Jobu's hand comes out of the bagel as Lunar New Year Joy and Evelyn are hugging. And man, it was just a whole ass moment of like, Joy doesn't want to give up, you know? Mm -hmm. And the scene cuts to part three all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn, Waymond, and Joy are packing up the receipts and paperwork, and they just go back to the IRS building. They're meeting with Deirdre about their taxes, and Evelyn's just kind of looking around herself happily, and she just finally seems and, content. Yeah, and there was a moment, too, when they're walking back into the IRS building where um, Evelyn just kind of, like, pauses and, like, pulls Waymond back and just, like, gives him, like, a really slow, really soft, mm -hmm. sweet kiss and they just kind of like take that moment to have with each other. And you can tell like they're probably not going to file for divorce type of thing. Yeah. I hope yeah. not. That's nice. Man, that's it. Quite the and fucking movie. So, so this movie and the way we tried to describe it, it's a roller coaster. A lot of cutscenes, a lot of back and forth. If you made it this far. Thank you very much for sticking with it. Um, the thing you need to know is you have to go back and rewatch it. Um, you have to rewatch. Multiple times, too, because it is worthy. 
it is the the rewatch value is so high on it it's it's a great movie mm -hmm. um again a lot of underlying themes you're going to notice things visually that you didn't the first one two three four times you've watched it can we talk about all of the awards that this fucking movie has won yeah let's let's get, get oh in there oh my god nominated for a shit ton of stuff 11 oscars it won best screenplay and best motion picture of the year at the oscars mm -hmm. Michelle Yeoh won Best Performance for a Leading Role. Uh, Kehui Kwan won Best Performance for an Actor in a Supporting Role. And Jamie Lee Curtis won Best Actress in the Supporting Role. But I feel like Stephanie Hsu was screwed over for that award. She yeah. was incredible. Jamie Lee Curtis was She's great, so too. Don't we love Jamie wrong. Lee Curtis. We all love Jamie Lee Curtis, but Stephanie Shu was amazing. Stephanie Shu, what that movie would not have been the same if it was any other actress other than Stephanie Shu. I yeah, let's rock the boat, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. Kehui Kwan and Michelle Yeoh also won Golden Globes for their roles mm. and they all cleaned fucking house at the Screen Actors Guild <laughs> Awards too. So just so many fucking awards across the board. Everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> you get a trophy. You get a trophy. Except for Stephanie Hsu. Fucking justice for we'll Stephanie Hsu. We'll, we'll get you another one. There were parts like uh, Evelyn's throw-up scene and uh, Jenny Slate's dog yeah. whipping around yeah. that i thought were like a little kitschy um but it it kind of just added to like the nonsense of the movie in the like let's take it non-serious right now would you feel any differently about the cgi if i told you it was done by five people who did not go to school for visual effects working from home during the pandemic holy fucking shit <laughs> that is so much cooler than making bread right <laughs> you guys made bread um i made one of the best movies made of all a time. movie <laughs> so. that's so amazing i can't wait to see what they do next yeah i can't wait to see what like a semester will do them you know <laughs> i know just one semester at community college man <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's all um, the college i can take <laughs> <laughs> so this movie everything ever all at once it was shot um and it was wrapping up march 2020 mm. they had to stop production with one day left <laughs> and it, then it took until 2022 to come out so pandemic fucked a lot up one of my favorite fun facts is the title of this movie in uh, a couple different places around the world in hong kong it is weird woman warrior fucks around and saves the universe. <laughs> and in Taiwan, it's titled So Fucking Many Universes. <laughs> so fucking many. I don't know why they added the fucks in there. Like, whatever. It's beautiful. Sure. Yeah. My last one is that the bagel and the googly eye are meant to look like um, exact opposites of each other. One white on the outside, black uh -huh. on the inside, other one vice versa. And this is supposed to represent kind of the contradiction that they talk about a lot in the movie. And that 
life is fleeting, man. It's all about how you see it. It's either nothing matters or yeah, nothing matters. Do whatever you want. Yeah, nothing matters. A, the points are made a Jobu, up. You're either a Jobu or a Waymond, and it is up to you. <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts. What'd you think? Uh, this movie moves me in so many different ways and so many different feelings on so many different levels. It means so much to me. Ten stars. T ten out of five? Ten out of five stars. <laughs> I fucking loved the theme of kindness. Like, Waymond saying that it's okay not to know anything, but just stay kind through it all. Like, that killed me. <laughs> it's beautiful. I can't, I want to talk about this movie for like four more hours. <laughs> um, but, but I just want to watch it. I want to watch it again and again on repeat. Yeah. I want to talk about it more. There's so many different things you can get into it. Yeah. This movie literally has everything. Laundromat, googly eyes, hot dog fingers, butt plug, dildo gun, uh, pinata uh, outfit, uh, flying dog weapon. Uh, we've also got rocks. <laughs> this movie has everything. It's so good. Oh God! So many. I feel like more people need to watch it. More people need to be about it. And just for you know, basic representation in media too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, you're going to kill me for my rating. It's a four out of five. Four out of five. Man, she's so stingy with them stars. <laughs> I'm stingy with that last star. I don't know what this movie needs to be five out of five stars, but I know it's just not quite there for me. I wonder if I would be more willing to give up that fifth star if some of the absurd things were not in there. Like the dog on a leash, the hot dog fingers. I think it raccoon. makes it what it is. I know. <laughs> I you think it really kind of ties think, it together. <laughs> I think if it wasn't in there, my brain wouldn't be on like like I went into fight or flight mode when I saw that stuff because I was like, is this about to turn into like a fucking mad TV comedy sketch? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> so I think if some of those more ridiculous things were taken out. Like, I'm fine with the rocks. I'm fine with the pinatas. I'm fine with all of that. But, like, the hot dog fingers, like, jizzing mustard into the mouth. <laughs> and the raccoonie being obviously super fake. Like, all of those things were, like, just a step too far for me that it took me out of the experience. Yeah. I feel a little... Um lackadaisical not bringing um the puff puff element into this but i feel like it kind of stands on its own without needing to be elevated while watching this movie well thank you guys for taking this wild fucking journey through the multiverse with us it's a great it one a i hope lot. you come back this movie was a lot we're gonna pick something a little less a lot for the next a episode. little less everything a little less everything a little more everywhere 
<laughs> and like medium all at once. Medium <laughs> so, all at once. <laughs> uh, should should we share what movie we're watching for our next episode? Since we yeah, so the next movie we're going to be reviewing is Uncut Gems. Um, a 2019 crime dark comedy starring Adam Sandler, Julia Fox, and Dina Menzel. <laughs> the weekend's in it, too. <laughs> the weekend is in it. Um, so that'll be a good fun ride. Have you seen that movie before? Oh, fuck yeah, I have. Oh, yeah. me too. All right, let's <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, watch uh, Uncut Gems before the next episode. It's going to be fucking wild. Um, if you have anxiety... I would take your. Meds it's the perfect movie you for you. Gems. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna try and smoke something crazy sativa to induce anxiety and see how yeah. how up we can get there with this with this next movie. Especially because I owe it double because we didn't um, do any high thoughts for this movie. Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. So. Yeah. Instead, I think I'm gonna make a donation to the Last Prisoner Project. Um, which helps people who are currently incarcerated for cannabis-related charges to uh, get out and get on with their lives and help them reintegrate. So, love that. Yeah, yeah. If you got got a couple bucks, throw it that yeah. way. No Don't one should gay. be in prison for weed. It's stupid. Weed is legal. No. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Come back for Uncut Gems. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Adam Sandler does the most. And he he's old, but he's really hot. <laughs> like, he looks really hot doing it. Okay, <laughs> bye! Oh, my God! Is Adam Sandler my new dad?